Support Black Podcast. Talking My Team is the brainchild of two friends who are both passionate fans of football. JP and the mayor enjoy every facet of the game, but they never found one podcast where people sounded exactly like them. So they figured that the only way that they were going to get a perspective like the one that they have meant that they would have to produce it themselves. And thus was born Talking My Team Podcast Network. Uncensored, raw, and most of all, a speak that is strictly from the fans' point of view. The definitive statement about the Talking My Team Podcast Network is, is as real as it gets. Go on to SoundCloud, support Talking My Team Network with JP and the mayor, the man, Dan Dinkins, Talking My Team Network. Support Black Podcast. You uh, ever played Monopoly, Lynn? No. Well, let me give you some advice. Always bet on black. It wasn't Monopoly. You ever played Bingo, Lynn? It wasn't Bingo either. Oh, it was Roulette. Yeah. (laughs) But it works for anything. That's why I was like. Just as well. No, it doesn't. You don't bet on black and Monopoly. You ever played a lottery, Lynn? (laughs) Let me give you a bit of advice. Always bet on black. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Triple. And as always, I am joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul, Wednesday's G-Town Radio, 8 to 10 p.m. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are re- we're still in the midst of May I Have Another as we purposefully watch bad movies. Or yes. Movies that it seems the world at large and maybe critics consider eh, kind of sketchy. Yes. Tonight, we're go- going to 1992 to check in with Wesley Snipes. In Passenger 57. That's right. A movie that was um, maybe not a critical darling, but a box office hit. Oh, I, and you can completely see why. For, uh, hmm. you, you think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. This is Vince's pick. That's right. On May I Have Another. Because I have decided to bet on black. <laughs> We're not going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Tune into the bonus episode. If you haven't downloaded it, ladies and gentlemen, we are we have uploaded a bonus episode of the Michelle Mission that you just have to hear. And I don't even, I don't even, I don't even think we'll waste putting it on Podglomer. But it'll, if you go to all our other feeds, it'll it'll be there. It's 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 insane. Um, Anyway, what are we doing? Oh, okay. But first, as always, we like to touch on all of the feedback that we've gotten from each and every one of you that writes and follows us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Michelle Mission or emails us at Mission at gmail.com. We received an email through Facebook from Deborah E. Battle. Hey, Deborah. 
who studied. She lives in Washington. Oh, okay. And she says here that she studied at the University of Gallifrey. Oh, all right. Do you know what that means? No, I have no idea. Is, is, that, a, is that a real place? Uh, it's Like, a, is she a knight? She's not a knight. She may be a physician, however. Okay. Uh, Gallifrey is a Doctor Who reference. Oh, okay. All right. I thought she was studying in Winterfell. <laughs> no. Okay. She writes, hey, just listen to your episode about the movie Crooklyn. Yes. This is one of my top five favorite movies and my favorite of all of Spike Lee's films. Wow. I always High felt, praise. I always felt that if you took away all but the oldest brother, the mother never dying, and if this took place in D.C., you would have my life on the scene. Okay. I'm going to go now and listen to more of your podcast. Excellent. Well, welcome, Deborah. Glad to have you. We are indeed very glad to have you, Deborah. Thank you. Thank you for uh, joining us along on the ride here. Um, we're having fun, as always, in the Facebook uh, group, the Michelle Mission, where, let's see, there's some people dropped us a little bit of news. Aaron Fry dropped news that Kevin Hart. Yeah. He talks to star with Will Smith in an Uptown Saturday Night reboot. Yeah. How, how do you like that? I think the idea is to team Kevin Hart with Will Smith. Is that correct? Hopefully not. Hopefully not. If I can see Kevin Hart playing the Bill Cosby role. Okay. Which I actually think would be nice. I, 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 it says, because I think Kenya Barris, is Kenya Barris writing it? Is he producing it or is he directing it? Like, what's Kenya Barris's role in it? Uh, let's see here. Like, I know he's involved. Let us see here. The film is going to be produced by Will Smith through his company, Overbrook. Sure. Uh, I think that's a good look. I think Overbrook is a good company to produce it. Kenya Barris wrote the most recent draft of the movie. I then then I am cautiously optimistic because I think the script is going to be everything with this. Okay, I, but you're saying you don't you're not sure if you want to see him with Will Smith. You don't think Will Smith can pull up? I, I don't. I don't. No? I don't. I think you need someone who is a straight man slash almost leading man with some comedic chops. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't buy Will. Also, I think Will Smith maybe a little old is actually too old for how I'm envisioning this. Even though he may be close to the age that Sydney was, because Sydney had to have been in his yeah, 40s that's by then. True. You know what? I don't mean too old. He's too known. Like he's too Will Smithy. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's too I, Will I, can, I can agree with you. You know who I'd actually like to see? Who? Because I got an, I, now I, that now that I I, I saw him it. on Saturday Night Live. Donald Glover. No. Not Donald Glover. I think Chadwick Boseman is funny. I think he could play that role. Okay. I think Chadwick Boseman could play that role. I think he could play that role. What I don't want and what I'm afraid is going to happen, I don't think you should have two comedians. No. No. I don't think you should have two comedians. So, Kevin Hart, I think, has the kinetic energy of that Bill Cosby performance. But who were you thinking? I'm drawing a blank on his name now. Um, from Black Panther, played Michael B. Jordan's father in there. 
Oh, Sterling. Sterling um, Brown. Sterling K. Brown, is that his name? Oh, that's a good I pick, I can see too. him playing the Sidney Poitier. Because then, and he's also funny. Yes, yes. I've seen him. He's got comedy. good timing. He's got good timing, and I think he would be a, a, a good balance for Kevin Hart to maybe temper down some of the manic. That That's not a bad that's not a bad combination. I actually like him better than Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, I think Chadwick. I'm jumping on with you. I think Chadwick actually might be too young. Might be too next young. To Kevin Hart. Next to I Kevin Hart. Kevin is old. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah. But again, I think what makes Uptown Saturday Night so good is the script and the story. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I actually but, but, would hope they keep it a period piece. I know they're probably going to update it, but but I think you know I think so much of Uptown Saturday Night works because of the dynamic of the black community mm-hmm. in the mid to in the early to mid seventies. You do I see like I, that cohesion, that kind of cross. I see it, but I honestly think that that movie rides more on as opposed to that the cast starting with. The chemistry of Sidney Poitier and Bill Cosby, mm-hmm. and then going into the tour de force that Harry Belafonte, right, plays in that in that movie. But you you see what I'm like? You need you need gangsters who aren't like drug dealers, frankly. <laughs> okay, you need to have that. You know, you need the nightclub, you need the church, you need politics. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's like there's so much going on. You need a, a private detective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I I I like Kenya Barris a lot. I do. So I'm I am cautiously cautiously optimistic, optimistic about this, and I like Overbrook as a company. What do you feel about Spike Lee's uh, Black Klansman? I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to get too excited. Did you see the trailer? Did I see the trailer? That's a dumb question. Yeah. Did you like the trailer? Did I like the trailer? I'm trying not to get too excited. So that means that you liked it. Um, I, I think. I think Spike Lee. I like farce Spike Lee, mm-hmm. and we haven't seen it in a long time. So I, I kind of yeah. Did you see it? I have not watched the trailer. It's it's. it's I don't want to watch the trailer. I wanted to see the movie. It's real. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. I am looking forward to the, to it though. I, I I must say I am looking forward to it. Um, let's see. Uh, last week we reviewed Soul Plane. Soul Plane. Yes, we did. Which yes, uh, we did on it. On Instagram, Resi112 said this was the first flick I ever saw Kevin Hart in. However, wasn't uh, his was this his first movie or was it Paper Soldiers? I don't know. Maybe. I don't even remember Paper Soldiers. Me neither. Uh, Dorian, Dorian Mystic. Hey, what's up, Dorian? Of the Brooklyn Mystics. Yes. Wrote us and said, y'all better do Belly next. We did Belly. Yeah, Dorian. We did belly. Dorian, are you telling me that you aren't sitting with bated breath listening to every episode as soon as they hit? Apparently. I'm disappointed. Apparently not, Vince. Yeah. <laughs> Appar- apparently not. Apparently Dorian is not up on it. We did belly. Belly was actually, as I'm going through here. And here's the thing. He knows that because we've talked about belly with him. 
That's true. It was episode 66. Yeah. That's how long ago it was yeah. that we did, we did Belly. It was episode 66. So go in the, go in the archives, Dorian. <laughs> we did do uh, Belly, and we did do it justice. However, I think he's pointing this out because as we're doing May I Have Another, right? you know, films that have been derided uh, as bad. Right. Belly has has been picked apart. Right, right, right. As, as bad. However... I think what sets it apart from Soul Plane is that, much to, I think, our joint chagrin, Belly has developed a, uh, a bit of a cult status. Yes. I don't know how much of it's to my chagrin, because I'm part of the cult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Belly. So. We're going to Africa, T. Africa. Africa. <laughs> God, I can't say that. <laughs> So can't stand that movie. <laughs> um, it's, it's speaking about um, Soul Plane, uh, Will Will at Big Willie Girl on Twitter. Hey, what's up, Will? Says she was thoroughly entertained uh, with the different perspective that our review gave her of Soul Plane. Oh, okay. Still ain't going to watch it again. <laughs> That's probably a good choice. No, she isn't. And she also said that, you know, this may be one of the the... the the worst movies of all time, but there is also Under the Cherry Moon. <gasps> Clutch the pearls. Under the Cherry Moon is not a good film. Under the Cherry Moon is not a good film, but, but I like it better than Soul Plane. Yes, I do too. Because yeah. there's an audacious, there's, there's an attempt there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it fails. Yeah, but there's an attempt. So I I I, I keep up for Under the Cherry Moon. Um. Let's see. Uh, Speaking of, you know, Bougie Square Society asked, could Belly be both a hood hood classic and one of the worst films ever made? Yes. And it caused quite a stir. I see. That was quite a conversation. Quite a Greg Sims, Lynn Marie. Yeah. yeah. uh, People are actually quite passionate about Belly. uh, Gina Ingram said, Belly uh, Belly is not trash. Hashtag (laughs) classic. Steve Tozen said, I got it defended to director actually chose a shooting style. Say what you will about it, but a huge part of hip hop is the fashion and between the lighting and different scenes to swooping over the opulent palaces. It's a film, if you will, and I appreciate that a lot of thought went into its looks. There are way worse movies than Belly. Okay. So it got a lot of love. Yeah, oh yeah. Somehow um Savon Johnson said, Belly was always overrated to me. There are a few classic scenes do not a classic movie make. I also never cared about movies with that subject matter either. The stuff was old to me when it came out, but that's my opinion. So, you know. And Damon Williams, just my brother, says, it definitely one of the worst movies I ever had the displeasure of watching. Is it a classic? Good question. It's old. Everything that old isn't a classic. True. If it were a car, it would be a Chevy Citation. <laughs> old and whack. Oh. Yeah, that's your brother. Yes, that's my brother. Yeah. That is indeed your brother. <laughs> hey, Jamal Nuh writes, a thought uh, brought on about the by Soul Plane. Hey, what's up, Jamal? Kevin Hart has only been truly great in one movie. Oh, what's that? About last night. He's good in that. We've talked about that. 
Which one is the- that's the remake? That's the remake with um. I just forgot the other three people's names, and I like all three of them. Is, that's not the movie. That, that's not the Steve Hawkins. No, no, no. That's we we talked about that maybe a year or so ago. It's it's a remake of a Demi Moore and you know one of those older brat packy type cast, but it's um Michael Ely. Oh yeah, Kevin Hart. Um, yeah, Zoe Saldana's head name is in my head, but not Zoe. Joy Joy Bryant. Joy Bryant, and um, and my girl, Regina Hall. Regina Hall. Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, I like About Last Night a lot. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Kind of slipped under the radar, but that's that's a good movie. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So it's fairly recent, twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. So he says that he was good in that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What other feedback do we have here? Do we have any other? Oh, we're reviewing Passenger 57 tonight. That's right. Which always bet on black. Natum um, Boo Wright wrote. They is, Natum. Is a, it's a bad movie. Yes. Well, no, I, I'm not saying anything. We haven't started reviewing it yet. Mouthful of Food wrote. That was a great movie. <laughs> also, yes. AC72 said, I definitely liked that movie when it dropped back in the day. Live, Love, Breathe 17, I watched this in Drop Zone so many times <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> yeah, now that I can see. I can see that. 90s action Wesley Snipes. <laughs> wow. wow. Oh, boy. All right. Well, um. <laughs> hey. What was it say? So let's, uh, with all further ado, without any further ado, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we gonna we gonna bet on Black Lynn. Is it time to bet on Black? <laughs> let's get into our review of Passenger Fifty Seven. Ramsey wants me to hire the best person available to head up the counterterrorism unit. That person happens to be you. I don't want that responsibility. Get off the sidelines. Got to get back into this game. They finally captured the world's most dangerous hijacker. Now, they're bringing him back for trial on a plane. Notify my people. They'll know what to do. That was their first mistake. Once again, Charles Rain is in control. And how do you like your sirloin, sir? Bloody. But there's just one thing he didn't count on. 56, 57. Passenger 57. I watch your show all the time. My show? Never miss it. Who's in charge? I am. Once again, who's in charge? You are. Wesley Snipes. No, 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 this is not happening. You, back to your seat. His name's John Cutter. He's airline security. Tell me you're good at this. I'm the best. Plan not working out the way you want it? Don't flatter yourself, Cutter. One way or the other, we're going down. No, just chill out. I'm one of the good guys. Didn't your father ever teach you never send a boy to do a man's job? Wesley Snipes. You need help? No. He's all mine. Passenger 57. You ever play roulette? On occasion. Let me give you a word of advice. Always bet on black. 
Passenger 57, a 1992 American action film directed by Kevin Hooks that stars Wesley Snipes and Bruce Payne. The success made Wesley a popular action hero star. It also introduced Wesley Snipes' famous line, Always bet on black. When international psychopath terrorist <laughs> Charles Rain played by can't Bruce Payne. <laughs> what is he, Lynn? What is he? <laughs> what is he, Lynn? What's the bad guy? What's what's his occupation? What's he when he fills out <laughs> when he fills out his ten forty easy? Because I'm thinking he probably doesn't have a lot of deductions. When he fills out his ten forty easy, what does he put under occupation? International psychopath terrorist. <laughs> Charles Rain, played by Bruce Payne, <laughs> known as the Reign of Terror. Because of course he is. Because what is he? What is International he? psychopath terrorist. <laughs> who was caught by the FBI and local authorities just as he was about to receive plastic surgery. Again. To alter his features. <laughs> the FBI make plans to return when... Rain to Los Angeles aboard a Lockheed L-1011 TriStar passenger aircraft where he he is unknowingly joined by John Cutter Mm -hmm. Snipes, a retired United States Secret Service agent who is trying to recover from the haunting memories of his wife's death in a convenience store robbery and is taken (laughs) to training flight attendants in self-defense, including Marty Slayton, played Mm. by Alex Datcher. He is now aboard this plane um, on his way to to um, on on this Atlantic International flight to Los Angeles as passenger fifty (laughs) seven. Where coincidence doesn't stop, Marty, who he had a run in during his flight attendant class, is now one of the flight attendants. This uh, 1990s action slash hashtag classic is the <laughs> selection of Vincent Williams. Yes, it is. Our May I Have Another. Yes, it is. So yes, it take it away, is. Vince, with your thoughts uh, okay. on Passion 57. All right. You know, I love action movies. I love action movies. And I think there is a clear line of demarcation between 80s action movies mm-hmm. and 90s action movies. Mm-hmm. So you know 80s action movies that you know that kind of weird homoerotic gun porn, oh, oily yeah. muscles, Sylvester you know, Stallone, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger and 90s action films which are always this weird high concept yeah situation and it really is sort of pre-die hard and post Die Hard. Right. And even though Die Hard comes out in 1988, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, Die Hard kind of sets up the template. Yes, for the 90s. For, for the 90s, where you have the sort of reluctant hero. Yep. If you will. Yep. And Passenger 57, which comes out, you know, in 92, very much fits into this. Mm-hmm. And it is a by-the-numbers action film. Like, we joked about him being a psychopath. An international international terrorist. Like, like, you can just check off everything. Like, like you have the sort of... And, and even though they say he's British, mm-hmm. he's sort of that 
ambiguously European right. bad guy yep. that you get exactly. in the 90s. Exactly. Um, it's a high concept that is, you know, it's it's like they take over a plane. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got that aspect of it. You have the one-liners and the quips. And, and again, I think in a lot of ways... It's directed by Kevin Hooks, which I think is worth mentioning. Yes. So, so, and you, you know, this is our second Kevin Hooks movie. We also, um, speaking of the Mystics, we talked about Strictly Business with with the Mystics, which he also directed. And you know, I think the thing that you kind of admire about Kevin Hooks is how kind of um, non flashy his direction is. Like Kevin Hooks kind of shows up, he does his job. And and you you know you're going to get this really kind of solid workmanlike product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing there are two things that I think elevate this to bad, if you will, and bad <laughs> yeah, if to you the will, point elevating to right bad. elevate because I do think that this is a film that you may have picked up by my response already is a lot of fun in its badness. Okay. The first is sort of plot-wise. So you have this plot with the plane. You know, and he's hijacked the plane, and it looks like they're setting up this kind of claustrophobic, again, post-diehard cat and mouse mm-hmm. between the terrorist and the reluctant hero. But then it's this amazingly weird subplot where the plane lands. Yeah. And then it's almost like uh, in the heat of the night riff. Where it's Wesley Snipes and these local yokel policemen. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is so bizarre. Yes. And that is so bizarre enough to kind of, you, you know, it's like there's mistaken identity. They're sort of vaguely racist. Vaguely? Well, they never like. Well, I guess they know, well, they're just sort of vaguely racist. It's a lot of boy. Being it's a lot of around. boy, but you know, it's nothing. You, you know, it's like you get the sense that they're racist, but then they're also good old boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if I have ever enjoyed anything in my entire life as much as Wesley Snipes is enjoying himself in Passenger Fifty Seven. He is chewing up scenery. He is doing these one-liners. It's a script filled with one line. Like, we're saying, you know, always bet on black. And that's the line that everybody knows. Well, that's the line that gets the intense (laughs) close-up. It gets the intense close-up. You can actually close your eyes and with your mind's eye, see through time. As the screenwriters, who, by the way, brought you Star Trek V. Really? And surf ninjas, you can almost sense them high fiving each other <laughs> with this line always bet on black. But we talk about always bet on black, but do we also talk about Wesley Snipes saying, I know MFers who think they see Elvis in the mall? Oh, yeah. yeah. Do we talk about. I thought all you ham hock biscuit eating boys know how to drive. <laughs> Do we talk about when the local yokel policemen let Wesley Snipes escape and they say, let's find him again. And chief Leonard Biggs says, why Luther? So he can get some more practice kicking your ass. 
This is a film chock full of lines. It never stops giving. It never stops giving. And Wesley Snipes is, you know, this is the first, you know, this launches Wesley Snipes sort of second phase of his career where he's now an action star. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because until this point, Wesley Snipes is an actor. This is the same year that Water Dance comes out. Right. Which to me is like the 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 sort of showcase of Snipes acting. Right. So you know, it's over the top. It's very nineties, but you've got these weird plot things. And then like I said, Wesley Snipes is a delight. And it kind of catapults this thing into so bad that it's good for me. See, to me, that means it fails the may I have another test. Oh. Because these are movies that are like almost like certifiably bad. And the fact that you still deride a seemingly a good bit of joy from watching this movie, even though that you know that it's bad, to me then it's not a it's not a may I have another. Uh I'm sorry, Lynn. However, for me, <laughs> Oh, this settled into May quite nicely. Oh, because you said you liked it last week. Because when I had seen it back in the in the day, you know, I remembered enjoying the film. Mm-hmm. So, but if I'm watching it now, uh, if I'm watching it now with critical eyes, I'm noticing nothing but plot holes. <laughs> and not even just plot holes, just bad storytelling. Mm-hmm. Just a dumb story. Just ridi- ridiculous <laughs> story. I mean, you you pointed it out at the beginning. The Reign of Terror slash Charles Reign, international psychopath <laughs> terrorist that he is. When we meet him... <laughs> He yeah. is in the plastic surgeon's chair. Yes. Because. Which is where you get plastic surgery. Yes. This is where, this is where you do this. Which he's there because his stick <laughs> is that every time he escapes or gets, you know, it's free. He changes his look. That's right. Which should mean that the face that he's wearing. Yes. Is not the actual face of Charles Rain. However, the police have narrowed it down. The FBI have narrowed it down. They know that he is going to be at this surgeon's office <laughs> and exactly what time he's going to be there. Yes. And exactly what floor he's going to be. Yes. There. Getting the surgery where he tells the surgeon, I don't want any anesthetic. Yes, I don't need any anesthetic. And keeps watching the time. <laughs> Why? Because apparently he knows that the FBI know where he's having this surgery. Yes. And he knows that they are coming to get him. Yes. Exactly what time they're coming. (laughs) And yet his plan. Yes. Is to grab the scalpel at 12 o'clock from the doctor's hand. Yes. Kill the doctor. Kill the doctor. Kill the doctor. Then run uh-huh. from the police mm-hmm. and jump out of the window right. from what we, 
<laughs> can only imagine is at least the fourth floor it, it, I mean, I of th- an I office building. I feel like building. it's higher than that because it looked like he was falling for a second. But this is his plan. Luckily, there's an umbrella to break his fall. Yes, there, there's an awning. There's <laughs> right. an awning. There's, right. Oh, there's yeah. An awning to, the, to break his fall. Mind you, break his fall. Not he bounced off it as if he was Daredevil and sensed it below. Right. No, it breaks his fall. Right. He falls and he catches him. Mm-hmm. They catch him. Oh, no, because then he runs across the street. Yes. And is hit by a car. Yes. And that's when they catch him. And the water jugs fall on him. Where the water jugs fall and the water splashes on him. Which keeps him in place enough for the FBI to catch catch up to him. As apparently was his plan all along. (laughs) Why was this his plan all along? Because when he is then put on the commercial flight that... No one in the airline knew he was going to be put on. Yes. He had already had the wherewithal while in police custody. Yes. To have had people planted. Yes. To be working for the airline on that flight and catching that flight. Yes. Well, he told his corrupt lawyer, get my team in place. Why wouldn't he have his team in place at the plastic surgeon's office? Because he's a psycho. What is he? He's an international psychopath terrorist, which despite that moniker does not necessarily mean that he's the most intelligent person. But don't call him crazy. Don't you call me crazy. That's right. That's another line when he talks about because he's a psychopath he's a crazy man he's a crazy crazy man my favorite line from him to show how crazy he was at the very end so so you know wesley snipes love interest is the steward the 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 flight attendant and he grabs her because he is kidnapped and he says i'm gonna get to know you a lot better and this that and the other And, and then she says you'll have to kill me before that happens and then he says my darling, because he's British and evil. My darling, I plan on killing you during it. Because <laughs> he's evil. Yes. And he's a psychopath. The, the shame of it is, is at this point in action movies, everybody is trying to do their Hans Gruber oh, oh, from Die Hard. Yeah, yes, abs- yes. That's what everybody's trying Every to do. Every low rent European actor in America saw Die Hard and thanked low rent European Jesus because yes. they knew they'd be working for the next 10 years. Yes. Yes. However, Bruce Payne <laughs> is no Alan Rickman. I mean, are, were any of them? Like the dude in Lee. Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jackie's Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh, what's the best way to eat a taco? That's with your hands. 
with your hands, also with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. The weapon two. So see, and now now we're back to lethal weapon two. But all I, roads lead. To all roads lead to lethal weapon two. But I, wait, was it lethal weapon one or two with the uh, South African? I think villain? that was two. Was that yeah? That's two. Was two. I liked him. Yeah, yeah, like he was real evil too. I always have. But fun. yeah, no one is Hans Gruber. No, no one's Hans Gruber. Yeah, no one's Hans Gruber. So I mean, so that's just <laughs> the start of the story. <laughs> And then you, you talk about how you're thinking it's going to be this real kind of quasi-cool, claustrophobic yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the, uh, in the air, on the airplane. And you're like, okay, I don't, I don't see how this is going to work. Right. right like, logistically, <laughs> this shit work. Like, I mean, the movie's only an hour and 20 minutes, but you don't understand how they're going to keep this thing going. Yeah. But, but I'm in for the ride. Right. And I seem to remember, like, when I'm watching, you know, like... There was more on the plane. But they're <laughs> off the plane in 10 minutes. They actually land the plane. <laughs> they actually land the plane. And now he's getting in the hijinks with the small town police. With, yeah, with Andy and, 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 and Barney Fife. Yes. However, he knows through osmosis that Charles Rain has snuck off the, the, the plane. That's right. And going to the local fair. Going to the local fair. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did you notice when he followed him to the local fair and he was tracking him that he was being inconspicuous? Did you see how it was inconspicuous? Oh, because he was. Like, he got a box of popcorn. Yeah. He was eating the popcorn to yeah. show he was inconspicuous. Yes. <laughs> the, this slick, slick, uh, close fade black man. <laughs> right. With the gold hoops. <laughs> was inconspicuous. At this Kansas State Fair, I'm gonna eat this popcorn and be real low key with his with his leather bomber jacket <laughs> and his boot cut dye wash <laughs> jeans. Oh, 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 yes, just blend in, Wesley. Oh. <laughs> no one will even see me. I'm using the power of ninjutsu. Because you also, this is the first appearance of that weird Asian fetish that Wesley Snipes has. Oh. So they showed him he was he was, oh. he was he was doing meditation. Oh yeah, of course he's doing meditation. Of course, and then they showed him on a plane and he was reading the Art of War. Did because you notice that because of course he's reading the of Art of course. War because he real mystical, right? He real mystical. Nothing says airplane reading <laughs> like the Art of War. The art of War. <laughs> He's got like the bonsai tree set up. They're playing the flute music. And he's meditating and it's flashing back to, hey, I don't know if you picked it up or not, because I think they only mentioned it seven times. His wife died. Yes. In a hold up at a convenience store gone wrong. Yes. In a tragic black and white. Yeah. Hold well, up. well, there was exposition. Two times in the first three minutes, John, you got to get yourself back together. I miss Lisa, too, after she was murdered in that convenience store robbery gone wrong. But you have to get yourself together. And then there was the black and white flashback. Yes. And then they talked about it two, three more times. Yes. 
the black and white flashback that looked like it was directed by Kevin Hook. <laughs> I mean, who who flashbacks with French angles <laughs> in this in the scene? Are we serious? Are we? Are we? Is this seriously happening? Also, and, and, and did your wife seriously get shot? Yet you took time to take four more shots. Because you know what, we ain't gonna have no loose ends. <laughs> we ain't gonna have no loose ends. He ain't gonna still be out in the streets robbing like a, a surprisingly violent liquor store uh, hold up guy. I was like, damn, he just here robbing the convenience store. Now we've jumped right to murder one. Yeah. Like, I've never robbed a convenience store, but it seems like maybe you don't want to just be murdering people. Mm. Mm. Despite all of that, (laughs) what actually kept me in place watching this movie, and I'm sorry, and and I posted it on on, uh, our Facebook group, fan group so people could check it out because this really I, I sincerely mean this you know it was kind of cool seeing a young Tom Sizemore and yeah. Bruce Greenwood yeah how about movie. that that was kind of cool you know even seeing a young Elizabeth Hurley she played yeah yeah you know, she, yeah. One, of the, uh, one of the moles that he has moles, yeah, yeah. Um, spoiler uh, uh, <laughs> but I was and I lie to you not Vince distracted <laughs> by the appearance of Alex Datcher <laughs> as flight attendant Marty Slayton. <laughs> Marty. M-I-M-A-R-T-I. Yes. Marty Slayton. I was distracted by her appearance. Because mm-hmm. the entire time I'm watching this movie, mm-hmm. I'm saying, that's Michael Jackson. Her hair did not move one millimeter the entire no, film. It did not. I thought it was a helmet. But also, she looked like Michael Jackson if Michael Jackson had got sprayed with Joker dust. <laughs> because she had a real wide smile. Yeah. That was just strangely disturbing to me. Yeah. And as I watched it, I wasn't sure if, one, if I was watching um, Michael Jackson, uh, and there's a video where his hair is similar to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the video that he, he did when he was married to uh, Priscilla Lisa Presley. Presley. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Priscilla. Lu- Lucy. What's her Priscilla? Lisa. Lisa. Lisa mm-hmm. Presley. Um, it, it, I think it was the R. Kelly song. That, 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 right, right. that he's singing. You are not alone. Yes. Right, because they kissed and it was that weird. Like you tell Michael Jackson had never actually kissed another human never. being before. Never. Is this how they do the kiss? Yes. 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 Remember the time you faked the kiss. Because he put his whole like bottom jaw on. It was really and, and like he didn't have a shirt on. Yeah. No, he had a shirt on, but it was buttoned like all the way down. It was like alien soft porn. It was. It yeah. was really disturbing. That's what she, that's what Alec Datcher looked like. So, all jokes aside, you know what that is, though? And and you hear people talking about that. I think that is part of, well, film history up until about 10 years ago, where I think the makeup people 
the hair people, like everyone in in these productions, there aren't any black people. Mm. So that you you know you look at that's actually my shorthand for how for for how black people are going to be in movies. Like Wesley Snipes clearly had his own barber. Yes, because his fade was was a little tight. It like was? he like his, he was faded up. But like whenever I see black actors in things, I look at their hair. Me too. To see if the 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 production had cared enough to get some people in who actually can do black people's makeup and do their hair and stuff. And I think Marty Nixon's hair clearly was not done by a black person. Yeah. Or by someone familiar with black women's hair, or her makeup, because there was way or too her makeup, absolutely. Her. But but I mean, it's very much a '90s thing. Like all through the '90s, when you see black people in these movies, yeah, they look crazy. Yeah, I mean, you can't can't do that to Wesley because you know. Well, and I think he was Wesley Snipes Wesley. at well, this point, well, so he true. probably brought his own dude with him. I don't know if he brought his own dude, but I mean, he's Wesley Snipes. I mean, you. I mean, he's he he he's like the black mamba. You can't right. But so much you can just take the shine off and let's keep it moving. Right, right, right. You know, um, but I found her. She distracted me the entire movie. I mean, she looks crazy. She looks crazy. She looks and, like and, a crazy person. And through probably no fault of her own, she's not given anything to do. No, in the movie, no, at all. Well, you got to have again because this is not Action Jackson. John Slater is very much a heterosexual. John Cutter. So John Car- Cutler. Cutter. Cutter. Cutter is very much a heterosexual man. So, you know, she's a love interest. And I don't know if you picked up on this plot point, but he's actually a widower. <laughs> he had a wife. No, 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 no. Let me finish because I don't know if you caught this or not. She died in a convenience store robbery gone wrong. They talk about it a few times. Also, there was a flashback. <laughs> Yeah, I um. You also had stereotypical Indian henchmen. Another way you know that you're watching a '90s movie. There's always a stereotypical Indian henchman. Was but was he? He may have been played by an indigenous American actor. I don't know, but he had a ponytail. He was kind of spray tan. Like a horse. And he had the and and he had the um the turquoise hanging earring. He did. I said, "Oh, we've got Indian henchmen." So like, I was playing '90s action movie bingo, and I marked that off. They did not give him an opportunity to speak to the spirit world, though. No, he did not. Hmm. I sense that he is in the hatch. Like, I was waiting for him to get some type of, you know. Like, message. Yeah, but then he didn't. No. But I did get the turquoise hanging earring and the ponytail. The other reason why I didn't like this film is that, like, you you mentioned Kevin Hooks and his directing style. Mm-hmm. Or lack thereof. Yeah, yeah. And I think... That lack thereof, um, it didn't serve very well for um, strictly business. Strictly business, and I think it, it's even it's less here because Wesley Snipes is probably you know he's not in his prime you know action movie phase because this is like the start of it oh yeah absolutely. but he's definitely you know he's showing off his his moves his kicks and all that that type of stuff but i don't think that the the camera work does him any favors okay it doesn't really give it the 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 shine that it deserves no nor does i mean nor does the story or any of the choreography 
Um, yeah, but but you know, I think Kevin Hooks. I, I, I think he eventually settled in as a primarily a television. I was about director. to say I'm looking. He's done a lot of television. Yeah, and I think that's where he probably is better served, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're on TV, especially in, in nowadays when you're given more of a visual cue from the actual showrunner. So then it's just a matter of following in those footsteps as opposed to inputting any of your own style on there. Right. Um, you know, not to knock the guy. And I've always appreciated him as an actor. Actually, I thought I actually thought that he was as an actor was a guy that was maybe underserved and underused. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, as a director, you know, you know he, he's he's. He's serviceable. He does. He doesn't do this movie any favors. Right. And I will say this as far because I think you're right. I think the the action choreography doesn't really highlight Wesley Snipes mm-hmm. as well as it could. If you look at Wesley Snipes' filmography, though, I think this is the first. Well, it's the first action yeah, movie. It is. It's six years before Blade. Mm-hmm. I don't think people understood what they had with Wesley Snipes, like how many tools Wesley Snipes had. Wesley knew. I mean, Wesley knew, obviously, I mean, you know, I don't think we've mentioned it yet, but, um, you, you, you know, I was talking about the stereotypical Indian henchman, where I think the first place I probably saw that trope was maybe um, 48 hours. I was about to say 48 hours, yeah. But then that brings us to Eddie Murphy, and this has something in common with Beverly Hills Cop, where this was originally a vehicle for Sylvester Stallone. Yep. And he turned it down. So you know, I suspect that the, that you know, like forty eight, like forty eight hours was. Um, no, I mean, no, Beverly Hills Cop, Beverly Hills Cop like Beverly Hills Cop was. So you know, I suspect that a lot of the storyline, a lot of the beats were in place mm-hmm. when Wesley Snipes came aboard. Yeah, I suspect they added the always been on black. Yeah. I think that although I would have liked it if Sylvester Stallone made it and then he had the line. And then no one, like, they just didn't explain, like, they just, just didn't explain it. You know, always bet on black. And then he hangs up the phone and they go to the next scene. See, I would have liked that a lot. Right. But, um, you, you know, I, I give, I give him a pass on the fight scenes just cause he didn't know he was going to have Wesley Snipes. Cause, okay, or, or rather he didn't know well, was that Kevin, Wesley was, Snipes well, was going to be Kevin Wesley Hook Snipes. Was attached to it when it, when it was? That I don't know. See, I got a funny feeling if Sylvester Stallone... Like this was written for Sylvester Stallone, right? I got a funny feeling it wouldn't have gone to Kevin Hooks. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. So you think it went to Wesley Snipes, and then they brought Kevin Hooks in? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I I kind of see that as the way it goes because with Sylvester Stallone, like Wesley Snipes was definitely on the come up at that time. Yeah. But Sylvester Stallone, even though he was probably nearing the crest of his action uh, wave. Yeah, he was by, still yeah. big enough of a name yeah. that if he signs on, he's probably naming his own director, if not directing it himself. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. That's a good point. That's you know? a good point. But I think we both agree that the action choreography yeah. doesn't really capture everything. That You know, the, the bad part is the, the meditation sequence with the, the pan flute and the flashback, and they show him training mm-hmm. for like 45 seconds is probably the best action in hmm. the film. Like, just showing him, and, and you know, because it's open. Right. So. Man. I, it, it just, it, 
watching it again. Yeah. You know, I just really like wow, I just don't like this movie. Like I gave it a pass for the for the music because that was all since that was that was the music of the time. Yeah, and it's Stanley Clark. Yeah, so. yeah, you know, and but that's Stanley Clark doing movie music of the time. I don't think it's oh, yeah. Stanley trying to like reinvent the wheel. Mm-mm. So I gave I gave that a pass. You know, the fashions they were of the day and they didn't it didn't, it didn't look bad. Um, the story the story was just. It, but the story was just so dumb. <laughs> uh, you say Wesley Snipes is having fun. Maybe he's having fun. I don't know. I guess maybe he's having fun. I, I, it didn't come across to me as he was having fun. It came across to me as like he was just doing his job. You know, not really having fun. Like Wesley Snipes, like I thought Wesley Snipes, like there are very few films where I, th- I think Wesley Snipes is having a, a, a ball. Having, really? Having fun. Come on, Mo Better Blues. No, that's not very, very few. Films. Oh, where he's not having fun. No, very few films that I think that he is having fun. Oh. I just don't think he's having fun in this right, one. Yeah. I think he's collecting a check in this one. Oh, I, I think he's having fun in Mo Better Blues. You know, I think he's White having, Man Can't Jump, obviously. He's having a great time in White Man Can't Jump. I actually Blade. think he's having a, a, a Blade. I think he's having a real fun in Blade because he's just he's showing off himself. And, mm-hmm. and that's a real... And Blade, you know, at that moment in time, it's actually him trying to make a little bit of a comeback. So, right. You know, I think that's and that's a very and he's totally invested in that film. Right. But uh another movie I was gonna say was Money Train. I actually think he's yeah. having fun in Money yeah. Train. Yeah. Um and I actually think that he's having fun in uh Demolition Man. Oh yeah. I think he's having a ball in Demolition yeah. Man. I think this one he's collecting a check. Yeah. You know, and I mean, you know, he's getting his you know, his his punches in and everything like that. I, I don't think there's any true chemistry that he's feeling with um Marty Slayton. Oh yeah, not and, at all. And maybe that's because she's not given anything to do, but they do have a couple of scenes together and I don't think that there's anything there. Right, right. You know? So uh, I think he has more chemistry with Tom Sizemore. Well, you know, he's a sidekick. Right. And Tom Sizemore, you know, uh, uh, talking about uh wasted wasted talent. Is a good actor. Oh yeah, you know when he yeah. puts his mind to it, and he's not giving much to do here. But what he's he's got, he's rolling. Well, he's playing the Carl the policeman role. Exactly, and he's you, you doing know. it. Right, he's doing the damn thing. But uh, at the end of the day, I just had to say, like, yo, this it, this is a bad film. It's a bad film, and I'm it's not a, digging it. It's a bad film. Um, I, I clearly have more fun with it than you did, mm-hmm. but but it's a bad film. Yeah, it's a bad film. <laughs> you know, like I said, it it. It veers into bizarre with that split plot move in the right, middle, right. which is just bizarre. Like it was just bizarre. Yeah, that is like it, it does come out of left field. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, are they landing the plane? Yeah. So yeah, and the the ambiguity of its of the race racism there mm-hmm. that you talk about that did hit me a little bit. Like it, uh, maybe it hits you a little more now but right. it's like like man why you gotta snatch him up he's on the tarmac right like nobody just is laying on the tarmac something right. probably you right. know it's reasonable to assume that at least something happened to right him. well we're small town local yokel cops we were at the fair i gave earl my uh ice cream cones to do something with this and then earl licked it a couple of times before he threw it away yeah it's like weird very weird <laughs> So as much fun as you had with this film, mm-hmm. would you recommend that people see Passenger? No, I, look, go to YouTube, 
loop him saying always bet on black because that scene is unintentionally hilarious. You know why it is even more hilarious? It's not even the punchline of something great happening in the movie. It It's actually a non sequitur. I know. <laughs> it's like John Cutter had some type of tumor and was just, he has like a brain tumor and he's just talking crazy all of a sudden. I was like, what? Why are we talking about roulette? It's it's just it, it's so bizarre. It's not it's not the punchline to anything. Man. Yeah, no, but but yeah, this is this is one of those films that, and you know, I will I'll, I'll just go and say it like you know I forgot who just said they watched this in Drop Zone. I don't know if Wesley Snipes made any of these sort of '90s action movies that hold up. Oh, so murder at sixteen hundred? No, drop zone. No, drop zone. No. Um, I can't even remember because because well, because they all kind of run together. Well, you know, I I I happened to just be watching like a little YouTube video about you know, kind of like uh, going through Wesley Snipes' career, mm-hmm. uh, including like his run-ins with the law, which is yes. more than I actually thought. It's yeah. not just all about the taxes, right? Right. Um. And they talk about how these films, you know, Passenger 57 and I think Murder at 1600 were like kind of like hits. Yeah. And that's exactly what they were. But they weren't good movies. Right. They were and like conda hits. And then people kind of like started catching up to them. Like, yo, these ain't really hits. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and then he had like a run in with the law. Like he was being, he got caught with guns or something like that. <laughs> and then he, ha- he, he literally like Blade was him having to make a comeback. Yeah. Yeah. He was like on two years probation or something yeah. like that. Man. I also think Blade, and we talked about this when, when we, when we talked about Blade, I think part of the reason that he had to do Blade, I got the sense that Wesley Snipes was frustrated with the material that was being offered to him. Mm. So he almost had to do something like Blade, produce it himself, you know, however much he and David Gore were involved in the in the um the storyline. But but yeah, they they just sort of run together and you know, if anything in a lot of ways Passenger 57 and and Wesley Snipes whole 90s sort of you, you know this sort of genre is a reflection on just how great Die Hard and all jokes aside, the very first Lethal Weapon were. Yeah, like like these were really great action movies that age well. Mm-hmm. That you can put on right now and they hold up. Yeah. So and there's very this there are few of those. It's very few of. Them. I know you, you know. I know you talked about Will Smith in um, Bad Boys. I think Bad Boys holds up. Bad Boys holds up. Yeah, Bad Boys holds up. Some people will tell you Bad Boys 2. I won't. Yeah, I, I never, I didn't, like, Bad Boys 2, the cocaine. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, I never liked Bad Boys 2. Me neither. Me neither. Yeah, Bad Boys holds up. Um, yeah, I'm drawing a blank on any other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it really, really is like the. Well, you know what? No, I'll tell, I'll say another one that I think is, um. You know what? I watched it recently and it doesn't hold up. What? It was uh, it was Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines. Oh yeah, and even that that's that's like the scared. early eighties. Yeah, that, yeah I'm talking about the the post Die Hard, and I don't even know if Lethal Weapon is post Die Hard, but but uh, you know all of those again. Once you get out of that oily 
homoerotic yeah. gun porn yeah. of the eight, the Reagan era gun porn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Lethal Weapon's got to be, because that's buddy cop. Yeah. So that's got to be like. But it's kind of, it's that high concept yeah. and, and almost um, reluctant hero. Yeah, I would get. not. I would not recommend this to anybody. Yeah, I me would, either. I would not recommend it to anybody. Me either. You know, you if, should, you, if you have seen it and had pleasant memories of the film, go with God. <laughs> go with those. I was trying to look up what year Lethal Weapon came out, but you can't find it because everything that pops up is about that lunatic on the TV show that just got fired. Oh, did he? Oh yeah, they fired his ass. Why? What did he do? Apparently, he's a lunatic. Listen, oh, we ain't gonna get into too much of a lethal weapon to television show conversation because I've not seen one moment of it. I've seen a couple of episodes enough that I didn't. I didn't really. But apparently, it. the dude that played Murtaugh Murtaugh is a lunatic. No, 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 no. Riggs, no Riggs. Riggs. Yeah, apparently, the dude that played Riggs was a lunatic, and they fired him. Oh wow! And now, um, the only reason it actually came on my radar is because Sean William Scott is coming on. That's why, because I, I saw yeah. it. Uh, and uh, speaking of action movies that age really well, that I really like, he made a movie with The Rock. I was just talking about that today because it's The Rock's best movie. What is that? The, what is the it? Rundown. The Rundown. The run. Man, that I the love The movie. Rundown. It's funny. It's smart. It's smart. It's great action. They have wonderful they chemistry. Have fantastic chemistry. And Rosario Dawson is good in that film and as well. And Rosario Dawson is great in that film. Yeah. It's, yeah. And there's a scene where The Rock gets his butt kicked. By that little dude. Michael Ray. Uh, yeah. No, is it? It's, uh, hey, Soul Train. I think it's Eric Reyes Jr. Hey, Soul Br- Something like that. Oh, it's so. Uh, it, oh, right, because he's one of the Reyes. He's yeah. part of the Reyes family. Yeah, that is that is. That, I I still say, and I love The Rock. That's The Rock's best movie. That's yeah. I love that movie. I love The Rundown. The Rundown is such a good movie. That's a, that is a slept on. movie. It very much is. So the only reason I was paying attention to this madness with the Lethal Weapon television mm-hmm. show is because I saw Sean William Scott had just been ca- recast. That's a good casting because he's certainly of that age now. He's got to be in like in his forties, Sean William Scott. Yeah, yeah. So that's good casting. Good on him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, I mean, he's played Stifler in like everything that he's done. Yeah, I might actually watch an episode. No, now. don't do it. I don't know. I think he and, and Damon Wayans might have good chemistry. I just, I can't. <laughs> Y'all can see we've left Passenger Fifty Seven. Yeah, we left a lot. far behind now. Like I'm a Damon, I'm a Damon, Way- Damon Wayans fan. I actually think that you know, I actually think that he's the most talented of the Wayans brothers. Um, but I just don't. It's not a bad argument. I just, I, I just don't buy him in the old man role. And maybe it's because I, maybe because I, I don't want to see him as the old guy. Right. But I just, I just, you just don't want to see him as the old guy. Maybe that is it, but I just don't see him. Point number one, lethal weapon. The movie was 1987. So okay. it's right at, you know, this right sort of there. right there with, right. So lethal weapon and Die Hard start this mm-hmm. new wave of nineties action films. Second, I think Damon Wayans is the smart choice to say is the most talented Wayans. I don't have as much proof to back it up. I actually think Marlon is the most talented. He's lazy with his choices, though. 
Okay, so it's a matter of wasted talent. It's it's wasted talent, but I think Marlon is actually the most talented. You can make that argument if you saw him for Requiem for a Dream. You well, I'm right, right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. So that's a, even though, even though, if you have seen Pariah and see Kim Wayans in that movie, yeah, but yeah, she Kim, yeah, Kim hasn't done anything. I mean, she didn't really, yeah, unfortunately. So, but neither one of us are recommending. Passenger 57. Passenger 57. Not so we're not betting on black. No. You should bet on red. <laughs> but what do we know? What do we know? know? We're two guys with a podcast. Before we let you know what we're going to be doing next week on May I Have Another, um, we invite you all to follow us on Podglomerate, the Podglomerate Podcast Network, where you can hear a whole host of curated shows just for your intellectual uh, well-being, such as The Michelle Mission, as well as like and follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at Michelle Mission. And if you really want to do us a favor, you can do two things. One, support Black Podcasts. As well as go on to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and please leave us a review. All of those reviews, the more reviews we get, the more people um, are able to find the show. Apple Podcasts, which is the Valhalla for podcasters, it loves seeing lots of reviews. Yes. So if you haven't left us a review, we will invite you, please, to log into Apple Podcasts and give us a review. That really would help us a whole lot. Um, okay. I think it's time for us to reveal. I, th- our... I think it is time. You are up, Mr. Webb. I am up. And I, adhering to the true spirit of May I Have Another Bad Movie will saddle us mm. with the feature fi- I, I'm, oh, maybe it's not the feature film debut it's not the feature film debut well let's do the feature film debut then the feature film debut of Tyler Perry's there it Medea. is there it is I was wondering I was like is, is he gonna take the L or am I gonna take the L as we review 2005's Diary of a Mad Black Woman so here we go so this is it, huh? This is it. This is it? Yes. We're, we're reviewing a Medea film. We're reviewing the first Medea. This is the movie where he this, makes this is, Medea debuts. Diary of is in, in Kim Elise. Yes, Kimberly Elise and... Um, Stephen... Um, oh, yeah, Stephen... Stephen Harris. Stephen Harris. Yeah, Stephen Harris. Harris. Yes, yes, from The Practice. That's right, Stephen Harris. I'm pretty sure he pushes her ass down the steps at one point. Probably more than once. Right. It's a brutal film. He's an evil man. He's a very... He's a very dark-skinned, educated evil man. And yet, you are asked to side with him by the end of the movie. No. I seem to remember, like, because then she, like, goes back to him because he gets... I don't injured. even remember. I don't. It, and and like you're asked to kind of like buy into his reconciliation. I think you forget she forgives him, but you don't side with him. I don't know. It's, like I hate this movie, and 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 Uh-oh. now thinking about this movie is reminding me of the madness that was acrimony. Oh, go go that piece of crap. Go ahead, breathe, breathe, brother, breathe. 
I don't want to jump too far ahead. And I might. So, so this is this is the first Medea film, though. Yes. Like this is this is where it starts. Yes. And this is where we will go next week. Here. Here. On the Michelle. Mission. We go. go. Batten the hatches. Batten the hatches, folks. All right. This has been fun. You can check out our show every Saturday at 1 p.m. in a very truncated version, but it's still cool version, on WPPMLP 106.5 FM, People Power Media, phillycam.org slash listen, or 106.5 FM on your Philadelphia Camden radio dial. He's Vince. I'm Len. In parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.